do know that you are mainly men. Welcome to the listening party. You know the drill by now. Michael and I, men of no consequence, meet on a fortnightly basis to discuss albums that one of us has brought to the party and have an amiable chat. What follows is an official apology from listening party Top Brass. We're aware that many of you were ex- possibly expecting a knockabout chat about Cockney Rebels' The Psycho Modo. Regrettably, this isn't happening today as, unfortunately, we were offered a gap in the schedule of Australia's surliest barman. We're joined today by lagoon-eyed explosion in a charisma factory, its sexual conquistador, Johnny John Shelton. John, hello. Hello, guys. That was further, well. <laughs> I haven't finished. To further twist the knife, he wants to talk about celebrated plagiarists' oasis with sludgy morass-like debut album, Definitely Maybe. John, a proper hello, welcome, and for the love of God, why? Hello, John. Why the hell not? Because it's shit. That's just just (laughs) fucking shit. I fucking hate Oasis. Right off the bat. Solid solid arguments right off the bat. And I just would like to say to everyone, you know... Yes, yes, you may be thinking, is that John, another one of your friends from university? And You're damn right. <laughs> the answer is yes, but whereas some of our other friends who've come along, much like us, are men of, of more consequence than us, but John, John here, actually has consequence. Yeah, yeah, John has consequence in the real world. John's done stuff. John's been in films and TV things. Uh, Often not for very long, and not always all of him, but he has been in them. The back of his neck was in... Green zone. zone. You were back of Matt Damon's head. Yeah, you can you can clearly see my bleach blonde hair at some point. Y- you're yeah, vaguely yeah, yeah. visible in Jack Black's Gulliver's Travels. Yes. No, not. I don't think. Well, he certainly isn't in the play. Because you're at the side of the dance routine and you're cut off. Ah. Oh. <laughs> you are a roving reporter in the last episode of The Thick of It. Photojournalist, were you? Yeah. Not about that one. Yeah. How can you feel that's your best ones? Oh no, that was great. You were <laughs> let us not forget, of course, yeah. Anderson in Home and Away. The crown jewel in the C V. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. It's actually been my best work. Really? Wearing your own wardrobe, which we met, went to many pubs in. <laughs> I mean, it's so jarring, isn't it, to watch something like <laughs> Home and Away and go, John's just wearing the Rolling Stones t shirt. That I would just <laughs> I, I would have just my arm around him. Out. Covered in sweat. That was not my own clothes. They actually just picked clothes <laughs> that I just seemed to wear. Anyway. You also <laughs> happened to own. <laughs> yeah, the most irritating you think thing what was happened is you went to the audition and they went, <laughs> do. Guy, down to <laughs> down to the stitching <laughs> is Anderson. I he's like he's walked off the page. Um, I haven't spoken to you in a while, John, and I'm sad about that, but Michael was telling me that you were considered for an audition in the upcoming Mortal Kombat thing. It's already come out. But unfortunately, you're not Chinese. <laughs> you, you didn't get the part of Chinaman 2. <laughs> it, like, it was like, they're looking for many, uh, well, it's, it's, they're not looking for any specific, specific type of it doesn't really matter, ideally Chinese. I'm like, well, I'm proper fuck, didn't I? Yeah, because usually you play Polish heavies, like in Spooks. 
for greatest sausage. He also plays Russian heavies. Oh, sorry, my bad. And Slavic heavies and Ukrainian also, heavies. And Arzeny Stenders as Sweaty Polish Biz. Uh, no, Sweaty Polish Builder. Oh, yeah, didn't you have the great line? Yeah, yeah. You're right, mate. Yeah, no, uh, no I was just the builder in that one. You oh. didn't have to do any lovely accent work and go, hello, mate, you all right? <laughs> no, I just had to look sweaty. Sweaty. Which was, sweaty, sweaty. which was all right, because I really was. Sweaty and concerned. Sweaty and concerned. Oh, yeah. We got off track. Oh, wait, this is great. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to be trying to derail the conversation every which way but loose because it's their shit. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, so basically, we we found a diary because John, John, everyone just you know he's based in Australia now because he turned his back on our nation and uh, still hasn't apologised. So we found a gap, and we've been wanting for a while to talk about like Oasis. <laughs> um, basically, because well, no, John what, has this what bizarre we've been fascination. To have a row. <laughs> Yeah, we want, you know, and because it's late at night where John is, he's drinking. So, I've been on all day. The last time the three of us were together, when you deigned to visit your home country again, was there was a bit of an argument where you, John, incredibly maintained that the drummer from Oasis is equal, if not surpassing, the sticks work of Phil Collins, which is a laughable proposition, but you really, I, really uh, got under the skin of old Michael there. So I view my role as a bit of an arbiter here. Let's settle this. I don't remember that conversation. Would you believe, John? Would you believe we'd had some beer? I think that's scandalous. Yeah. I don't even know what time of day this would have been, but... (laughs) It's one in the afternoon. Phil Collins is crap. Now, he's not. Forget and everything about what, what you I think spec- about the man and his solo work. The guy can drum. Did I specify which drummer? No, like, you oh. just said the drummer in a way. Because there's been a few. Yeah, um, I think your argument was, in order to play the complex polyrhythms of Oasis, surely, surely the drummer you have must be the better of any man. Which He was the good one. The anonymous also, drummer of Oasis. Also, as much as I do really, really like Oasis and love their music, I really knew that would annoy you. And that's probably why I said it. Oh, undoubtedly, that's oh, yeah, absolutely what yeah. we're shooting for. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I, uh, we both fit. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because we'd all been in drink. So uh, we, we just hook, line, and sinker. You got us. Decent. So yeah. today, the guard is up. Today, I'm more like, no, no, I'm going to come to us as considered and uh, tell you why you're wrong. You you're going to say you're going to come to it considered. You listened to the album for the first time this week. Yes. Two yeah. weeks. We listened to it for two weeks. Two weeks. Also, so I'm aware of the That's all Cat Stevens got, and I was transported you, when I listened you, to that. You said you disliked them, but you hadn't heard the album. So you're just doing off some sort of prejudice of what is Oasis. Yes, they're ubiquitous. Because they're, they're, very they're ubiquitous. And because I live near Sodding Manchester, I can't walk down the fucking street without some bus could go, because no one around here yeah. has a shred of fucking imagination. I was just say, I don't That's think it. that that argument is as compelling as you necessarily hope, John, because you can't exist in this country without knowing Oasis song. The great it's almost... Do you not listen to the first album? You can't judge. I've, I've listened to... Oh, no, I'm, out, I'm, confident, I'm confident saying I don't particularly like Oasis. And now I can say I don't like Oasis and I really don't like Definitely Maybe. And back it up with <laughs> evidence. Yeah. 
uh, and evidence is 11 tracks, all of them are the same. <laughs> are you sh- sorry? My kids are um, probably still awake, but I'm, gonna, I'm that angry. I'm going to say it. Are you shitting me all the same? I'm not shitting you. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. Maybe the last so, track has been more acoustic. That's not the one where they keep referencing lasagna, is it? No, that's that's Digby's dinner, whatever the fuck no, that Mar- is. Oh, Mar- is it the one where he talks about how their music, shy, it keeps me up all night? Yeah, it's, it's the tender ballad about married with children. Married yeah. with children, hello yes, everyone. So then you got Bring It On Down and Columbia and Live Forever and Super oh, Song. Bring It On Down, everyone. Paul O'Grady here. That's a quality song, man. It's not a bad Paul O'Grady. It's just, I think your choice of doing Paul O'Grady is odd. <laughs> That's what I hear when I hear he's, Liam Gallagher. He's from, he's from Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> well, these lot aren't from Manchester, really. It's all that. It's all pretend, these accents. They're all from Pauline Quirk <laughs> Academy. It's, they are. It's all just an act. It's like the prestige. They're playing the long con. They've just got these roles. <laughs> yeah, and it's because it's the, Liam and Noel are one man. Exactly. Yeah. He just puts on bigger <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> you fools! It was me all along. <laughs> My real name's Niall. <laughs> oh dear me. I. You're not really coming at it with any. By just saying that they're all the same song is is a bit well, it's a bit of a cop out, really, isn't it? Yeah, Adam, expand, won't you? Right. Well, you're 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 coming across like different genres of music, all just in one album. I'm not going to say that they are inspired musical geniuses, but because you can't. They were bloody, no, bloody, bloody brilliant at what they do. Could I just well, and several different said, but co- cover many different genres on this album? Which other genres can you hear on this album? So you've got punk, got rock. Yes, and there's and like there's odes to people and nods to different bands. And yes, they did rip shit off. But yeah, didn't they though? Shaker Maker is a complete stuff. piece of theft. What's that one? Shaker Maker is is just I'd like to teach the world to sing by I think the New Seekers. It's totally. Oh, it totally stolen. Anyway, what I would yeah, say... Yeah, got sued by Coke for that. I can see... I can see why they're, why they're huge. I really can. They have yeah. got absolutely incredible charisma. And that... Um, I watched that, like I said to you, I saw the Supersonic documentary, and even as an Oasis naysayer, I was sort of barreled along. And you go, you can, there is a certain sort of Largery enthusiasm, which is quite impossible to dislike, really. And I can also. And what did it come off the back of? Well, it came off the back of grunge, which was complete opposite to what everyone well, it was, it was, was about. It, it was happening at the So you've got grunge is largely happening in the US, and then you've got over here. I can see again how Oasis would massively appeal to. I mean, we've all seen footage of like Nebworth and things. And there's a lot of football shirts and stuff in evidence, which mm. is, you know, fine. Yeah. But you can see how Oasis would appeal. I've been thinking about this all week. You can see how they would appeal to a lot of, let's face it, men and some women, but mainly men that are alienated by the poncier end of Britpop. People that mm. are going to look at Pulp and go, that's a wanker's game. I've got absolutely none there. And there is a certain sort of 
emotional inarticulacy about Oasis that makes it acceptable to be drunk and put your arm around your friend and tell him you love him in a way that you would only otherwise do on the terrace. Yeah, but that being the case, and that is that is the case with a lot of people. I'm from Colchester in a very middle class oh, I don't area. Think, I don't think it's about. And about but, I know Manchester love them and the North, but I think they're, 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 they've got a universal what, appeal in this country. But what it was for me is like I saw them and it was just like a wall of like energy. Yeah. Like just, yeah. I mean, just, I hear what you're saying. My problem is I don't hear a lot of energy in Oasis records. They they talk a lot about how they're a rock and roll band, but all of their songs are so slow. Mm. So slow. And part of that is Liam's delivery. I would I would really <laughs> not like listen to this album, bring it on down, not slow, supersonic, not slow, rock and roll star, not slow. Live I forever. think rock and roll star yeah. is very slow. Not really. I just think it drags. That's so probably because you don't like always. <laughs> no, no, I we I'm, I we will I know I've given this a good old go. And this morning actually it I I liked it more because I was excited about talking to the pair of you. So I was in I mean it's been a shitty working week anyway for reasons I won't bore you with, but that meant definitely maybe is not what I needed. <laughs> it, it was really aggravating me. This morning though, sun's shining, I haven't got to go to work, I'm gonna to talk to you two. I was feeling pretty good. I haven't got a hangover, that's always a win. And then you go and I was listening to it and going while I had my shower and stuff, going, yeah, yeah, this is all right, yeah. But then again, then every now and then you hit other things and go, oh, just, just fucking stop, stop talking about lasagna. You're a band. <laughs> Not Garfield. <laughs> I mean, he fully admits that he wrote a lot of stuff just because he needed words to his <laughs> music. Yeah. And Paul McCartney admits exactly the same thing. I just think he's better at it. Mm. But yeah, also he was like for the first three years of being in that band, he was like the first two albums. He was like, I was very high. All yeah, the you time. Can tell. you can tell. Yep, yep, you can tell. You can tell. But then um, he was like, and, and he saw him like live forever. He goes, obviously some bands and stuff. Like you got Morrissey. It's yeah. all about that. It's all about the lyrics. And he goes. That's cool. And he goes, there's only a few songs, which he openly admits, goes, there's only a few songs that are about the lyrics. The rest, it's all about the tune. <laughs> the rest is about the music. <laughs> no, no, come on. But it's not just, but the Hear thing is, like, it's not just like, the music's about the energy and like, well, as they would say, having it. Yeah, no, and that there, that there is the one thing about this that I 100% agree with you on. I do think that Oasis is entirely about having it. I can't, I can't quite pull this off, having it. <laughs> but won't you one time have it with me? Oh, come now and have it. <laughs> come no, on, everybody, and have it some university. more. I was at university and I'd go and see my mates, and before you know, getting ready, having pre drinks with your friends. And you know me, I'm not exactly a loutish person, but no. I'd be whack on, I'd whack on supersonic and it'd just get me in an awesome mood to go out and have fun. The thing about this is that that's what you did before you switched allegiances and started hanging out with us. Two men that were listening to quite an obscure Scott Walker song before we went and did the song. Oh, I'm so pumped! <laughs> Come on, everyone! <laughs> Night flight! <laughs> I would also say that Oasis is, from what I can... 
this isn't my opinion. I'm interested to see what you think. I am reliably told by somebody that claims to be an Oasis fan that the common consensus is that there is a steep drop-off after about album three. And the yes. quality really plummets. So they've got, I think, six uh, or seven studio albums. And yeah, two, so two and a half it's are about, considered to be good. It's about halfway through, and they released a B-side album, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. um, what is it? Because obviously I thought, I'll do some research before speaking to you about this. I don't know why I bothered. Because I could make up oh. any old gubbins. You uh, no, 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 we you don't need know. to make notes for this ongoing character assassination. But uh, yeah, and, and Noel fully admitted he goes, yeah, the first three Beautiful years, voice. the first two studio albums and all that, he goes, lots of drugs. He goes, that's when I did my best music. And then it all went downhill. And I keep thinking to myself, maybe I should get back on the drugs and write some decent songs. And he goes, no, no, that's a very bad idea. Um, my old gets like, fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So easy for everybody. Yeah. There's there is still like songs that are quality. But on each album there are still some quality songs. It's just not as much. And it's well like yeah, they don't have the same energy as like the first two albums. They're not Should we should we do some context? Oh no. bloody hell. Oh, fine. Yeah, 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 fine. We, we we don't have to. I mean, well, you, usually yeah, when I ask Adam, he says, yeah. yeah I, 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 I expected I, I, a no. The context is they're in a band called... Uh, Noel was the guitar tech, wasn't he, for In Spiral Carpets? Yeah. Forms a yeah. band called Rain. They're up in Glasgow and Alan McGee sees them being obnoxious. And says, oh, fucking hell, I've got to sign them. They've got they're absolutely weapons grade charisma. So I'm going to sign them. And it doesn't so, matter if they like get chucked off ferries and act like absolute loots. Obnoxious at the arse. are going to love it. And they bloody did. And you can see Noel, why. What an absolutely brilliant story they were. Noel was, funny. Noel was just, yeah, writing songs and stuff, but didn't have an outlet for it. And then he saw Liam in the rain, was like, right, I'll be in the band, but. I'm going to write everything and I'm yes. basically going to do. Because my time. younger brother Liam is, by all accounts, a bit of a thicky. So he cannot be allowed to write the songs. <laughs> yeah, it's not a secret is it, that Noel is several orders of magnitude and brightness, well, just brighter than Liam, who is thick. It is like a, a pretty ballsy That's... power move to go to a band and say, look, you're all pretty bobbins. I've got some songs. And also, would, I've been I've actually practiced on my guitar, so I can halfway carry a message. So as long as you'll just shut up and do what I say, I'll let you have these brilliant songs. The one thing, like knowing or not knowing Liam's character, because you don't know who, like he really is, but the prestige, his persona yes. to go. Gotta be honest with you, go, I don't yeah, think right? it's much of a persona. I think it's fairly ingrained. Yeah, just fucking mad for I mean, it. I've, I've heard, I've heard opposite, but you know, I don't know the fella. Who have you heard opposite from? For him to go... Was it his mum? him to go... Yeah, oh, no, he's lovely. He's very sensitive. Ah, right. No, Liam, he's a grand <laughs> lad. He's, it's just a persona. He's actually very sensitive and very thoughtful. He's a very... He's an intelligent young man. Come along, Mrs Gallagher. It's probably worth saying at this point that definitely maybe was the Oasis debut solo album released by Creation Records on the 29th of August, 1994. So we've, ju we've just hit the... 27th 
anniversary? My yeah. maths writer. Oh. Yeah. And at the time, the band comprised of Liam Gallagher on vocals and tambourine. <laughs> Noel Gallagher on <laughs> lead guitar. Oh, why bother putting tambourine? You must be so insecure that you have to say, yeah, no, I did contribute. <laughs> hey, jingle jangle, innit? Yeah, jingle jangle. <laughs> I'm absolutely making these songs. <laughs> I, oh, I did contribute to the bloody front man. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, that's enough. You don't have to mention that's the tambourine enough. thing. Oh, I don't want people thinking I'm not a musician. <laughs> oh, I clap my hands a bit as well. Uh, no Gallagher. and castanets. <laughs> On lead guitar, rhythm guitar. Acoustic guitar, backing vocals, bass guitar, and piano. Ah, suddenly Liam's insistence on including the tambourine makes sense, doesn't it? Becomes it? all clear. <laughs> it's just our kid. He's playing absolutely everything, but he can't touch a tambourine. He's an absolute wanker. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, he didn't really play it that much. He just put it on his head. Doesn't he just point at things a bit? <laughs> yeah. That's what it's, it's for, it's Liam. It's a lot of fun, though. <laughs> You've also got Paul Bonehead Arthurs on rhythm guitar, acoustic guitar, piano, and production. Paul Giggsy McGuigan on bass. Oh, yeah. And Tony McCarroll on drums. Yeah, I remember Tony McCarroll and Giggsy on the documentary. That was a question. Is that a question to me? No, it was just generally. I love Giggsy, great. Yeah, so as we're saying, Noel, Noel basically made this bargain with him, but hey, I'll, I'll write your songs if you'll shut up and do what I say. Uh, and Arthur's record, he had loads of stuff written. When he walked in, we were a band making a racket with four tunes. All of a sudden, there were loads of ideas. And under Noel there were loads band... of ideas, but still only four tunes, which was a bit of a tragedy. <laughs> under Noel, the band crafted a musical approach that relied on simplicity, with Arthur's and McGuigan restricted to playing bar chords and root bass notes. McCarroll played basic rhythms and the band amplifiers turned up to create distortion, creating a sound described as being so devoid of finesse and complexity that it comes out sounding pretty much unstoppable. I mean, I you go to one of their live gigs, which I have, and it does. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I can't go to those gigs, John. No, you would die. Yeah, I know. We'll, they'll sniff us out immediately. They'd as soon as we perfume. get a pack of jackals will turn around, especially I'm stood next to this fop. <laughs> it's like you've got this, this, this can hurtling towards you, which you hope has got beer in it, not piss. Yeah. I don't think you two would survive. Mike, I don't think the velvet suit was a good <laughs> idea. Stop running, these Cuban heels are too high. <laughs> it's got so it's like... Yeah, I, I, could, I could see how um, <laughs> the, the wall of sound they create with their distorted guitars are pretty impressive. And you can't. Quite, by all accounts, um, they fired a whole bunch of different producers on this because they couldn't find anyone who could actually just replicate that sound. Yeah, because when they were doing... Surely it's um, easy enough to do. Just hit record. I don't think there's a lot of finesse. I think necessity is the mother of invention. Lives, That's what they can play. They, they, when they were doing their live stuff, you know, when you're just like on stage in a small gig and stuff, and you, you then go to a big studio and you've got lots of people like, chiming in, they weren't getting that energy than mm. their live gigs. Mm. So that's why they do so much, because they're like, it's not sounding like us. Yeah, it got it's to a, the point, I think, Noel was... Lot... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, which pretty much the majority of bands would have gone through that same struggle. No, like, they I, it's, yeah. it's, it's either 
you've either meddled with it too much or you're not meddling with it enough and we're not finding yeah, yeah. the right completely yeah. you read um that is a very very common refrain in music documentaries and books about popular music they always say i just don't think that first album really encapsulated the energy of our live show at the time that's every single band says the yeah, same thing because everything gets polished up and it loses all its edges and then it just becomes yeah. another band that sounds like that sort of thing and just becomes flattened which apparently is what was kept happening here still though you've got to yeah. admire and, uh, the, like, the foot's power of a new band saying no that's that's absolutely rubbish that we don't like this producer gonna get a no producer i'm gonna keep doing it yeah um oh, david <laughs> At the fact that they'll go, no, we need another song on the um, on the album. So Noel pops off for 10 minutes and just comes out with a song. <laughs> and then jumps back in. Here you go. That'll do. Bosh. Mm, yes, that'll yeah. do. That's, that's what everybody well, needs. And, and becomes a massive hit and just shows how great he is at writing fucking pop songs. Mm, mm. Well, you can't argue that when how many, <laughs> how many albums and stuff has he sold? Oh yeah, absolutely loads. Yeah, yeah, Lo yeah, far more than I ever will. Absolutely right. Yep. So um, when don't, they were, don't. They were out, you can try. when they were struggling with producers in desperation, Creations Marcus Russell contacted engineer and producer Owen Morris, who worked on mastering the album at Johnny Marr Studio in Manchester. Of course. And Yes, Morris remarked when working on the salvage job mastering uh, that Johnny Marr was appalled by his choices. But Morris was inspired by Phil Spector's use of tape delay in songs like Instant Karma and Tony Visconti's Eventide Harmonizer for the drum sound off low. Yeah, I don't hear... Yeah, don't hear a, I don't hear a lick of low on this record. No, dear God, I'd just care for a sniff of it. Just a whiff. Keep you going. Oh, yeah, I keep you going. Oh, there it is. There it is. Let's plow on through side two. <laughs> Yeah, and it was a, 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 <laughs> an immediate commercial and critical success in the UK. The fuck was everyone on that year? It wasn't it went, a huge critical success, I didn't think. I thought basically, oh, didn't they like... No, the, they didn't do that. I thought it was, oh, was it, what's the story where they sort of like not necessarily give it, they'd given it short shrift, then it became a world beater. And then the reviews for Be Here Now were over the top because no critic wanted to be left out this time around. That's what I read. Like, I'm probably half they, remembering that. That album's never really sold that high. Well, this one went on to sell over yeah. 8 million copies worldwide. And it went straight to number one in the UK charts and became the fastest selling album at the time. The thing is, 8 they million never, albums um, is very, very respectable. But the last episode of this we did, John, was about the Spice Girls debut album. And that is dicking all over 8 million sales. <laughs> Absolutely insane numbers of that album. It's, um, yeah, but, but you can see why, can't you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, come on, they were, when they first started, it was a proper, like, to be honest, when, I, when it first started, I was like, incredibly young. I didn't actually listen to them until I was older. No, no, we're all broadly the same age. We, the, we but, were uh, a bit too young for definitely, maybe. But mm. as you, um, become obsessed with stuff i uh watched all the live shows went to see them live documentaries yeah, read yeah. about it and bloody loved it I, and that's the thing like people were like do you like blur it's like yeah of course i still like blur i still like pulp i just 
just appreciate them for what they are and it was good yeah and i think a lot i think most people are probably going to be yeah they're all pretty good in their own way but there's def there is definitely something intensely tribal about oasis's fan base they are the most pathologically loyal group i mean when you see footage of people queuing for tickets to nebworth and their live gigs it's like it is it's like following a football team it is insane the level of devotion you see the numbers the amount of people that were there yeah which is incredible and becoming like i mean who's it beaten i think because that was the biggest uh live standing audience at the time was it robbie williams beat them Robbie Williams went and beat it. Oh, he, he, that stings, doesn't it? That really did sting. Because <laughs> Oasis, Oasis did two nights, and I think like Robbie Williams then went and done three. I reckon he probably only did the third to stick it up. To, like, <laughs> stick it to the yeah, people yeah, that are called him that dancer from Take That. I mean, they're not wrong, though, are they? No, well, they are funny. They're, they're, they they <laughs> gave was... really good interview. <laughs> I mean, they went over the line a few times, but they did very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It's that's the the the, the dichotomy is that there's this incredibly likable proposition that mm. is incredibly charismatic and yet energetic and funny and dynamic and refreshingly unpretentious. They're not talking about country houses. They're not and this, out in the Groucho Club on cocaine and stuff. Well, they probably are, but they're not. That's not their brand. But they, but and they yeah, did. yeah, of course they did. But it's, it's, their brand is like Carling, isn't it? Really. But this is that's what, that's what plays out in this album. Yeah, that's what but plays out in this album. Musically, it's there is not a lot going on in this record. It doesn't on the strength no, of the songs alone. Their their huge fame and success should not happen. But it's everything else as well. And that you, you can't discount that stuff. That stuff is important. Well, that's it. It's it's like I don't like where I live. I want to get out. I want to be a, a fucking rock and roll star. I, I hate totally oh, yeah. I hate it's, it. it's it. I'm in. I want to get out. It's it's stuff it's, that everyone knows about. It's basic universal themes, but yeah, right. now we're talking about musically, it's very basic. Yeah, yeah. and I, but they won't disagree with that. No, but it's catchy. That's, that's that's why so many people like it. It's just it's yeah, just and it's 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 fun and it's uplifting and as you said, energy uplifting and and yeah. some of it is funny. Who the hell writes some of these songs? Like the lyrics to Supersonic, he just made up because they rhymed. Yeah, and he does not ever claim to. They don't ever claim to be um, art. You don't no. have to do wider reading, do you? You can't just go. I'm just going to have a good time, and that is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like they do on later albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on this album, it is just about way. we're just we we've been at work all week and we're going to go out and tear it up. Yeah, we're going to have some Charlie and we're yeah. going to just have a fucking fun night. Which, well, as you've seen, you've seen the documentary Live Forever. It just changed the mentality in people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So like, just just going to say as well uh, in. 2006 enemy readers voted it the greatest album of all time which just goes to show you should not ask the enemy readers what they think <laughs> i mean i i i love oasis i wouldn't put it as my greatest I'd great put it up great there greatest of all time of all time all of the albums all no, of no, them, no, no. definitely maybe at the top 
see, um, I wouldn't put it as the top. I'd, like, if I if I had to choose albums that influenced me, like that would be in my top ten because that influenced my taste in music. But on a musical level, let's no, there's other ones. Yeah, maybe, maybe other albums by Oasis, frankly. Yes. I, I do think What's the Story, Morning Glory is probably better than this. I think uh, Master Plan's got better songs on it, but um, it depends. Sometimes you're move for something different, aren't you? Hmm. But, yeah, that's true. Uh, the other, my other sort of overarching criticism of the entire album is that all of the songs are approximately two minutes too long. Oh, my, yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but when you get to go... Okay, we've heard that chorus about three times. Oh, hearing it again a few times. Oh, another shit. There's another two minutes. What the fucking hell? What are we doing here, people? Come on. Shall we live our life in the city? Ugh. Yes, please. So what rock track one rock and roll stack. It is as you said, Mike. It's got universal themes. It's yeah. basically uh, it's Bruce Springsteen's entire career. Oh, there you go. Next track. Yeah. Uh, so this is one of only three songs in which Noel said he wanted to say something. So what is he trying to say? What is he trying to say, Adam? I mean, it's it's fairly. Fucking obvious, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, no, Noel said himself, uh, Oh, I pretty much summed up everything I wanted to say in Rock and Roll Star and Live Forever and Cigarettes and Alcohol. After that, I'm repeating myself. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to go and do a voiceover for Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> oh. So, he needs time in the sunshine. Shine! Yeah, so, oh. How do you feel about the pronunciation of the word sunshine, Mike? Because let's face it, Liam Gallagher has built a career on that. I know it's uh, one of you... his unique selling points. It annoys the piss out of me. Couldn't agree to with you more, Pally. <laughs> it's to really this, annoying. To this album, it's not as pronounced as it is because later on, it oh, became. Yeah, later apparent. on, he really leans into it, doesn't he? Yeah, but on this album, not at all. Okay, he's got a pronunciation, but he doesn't overemphasize it. Doesn't story go that they were they were just they kept doing this and kept doing this, and then I think Alan McGee said, "Right, I, I really think you need to like overemphasize sunshine," and he duly did, and history was made. Or it could just be that Alan McGee is yeah. picking up his own part, which I believe he has a history of. Wouldn't put it past him. I think at first they were saying as well that, believe it or not, when I first started, Liam's voice was quite, was very nice and soft and I needed more aggression. He, he was a timid petal of a man. <laughs> Stop <laughs> His, um, so Liam's voice, discuss. <laughs> because I've, Abby, who really, really loves this record and has thoroughly enjoyed me playing it a lot, because mm. ordinarily there is, there is a strict no oasis rule in my house. Um, as thoroughly like this, but even she said by the by like the eighth play going, it is a bit nasal, isn't it? Oh my yes. <laughs> just, a, just a touch. Just a just touch. touch, my love. I am um, like you can see on like live performances 
in later years. But nah. Well, he's got the peg on his nose. Yeah, pretty much. But then that's why they like. That's why they had fallen out. Like Noel was like, you're becoming a caricature of yourself. Oh, take the peg off, love. I think. He, but I know it's definitely uh, a caricature his... that he's comfortable with, though. <laughs> Stick to what he knows. Got, I've heard them a lot. He's got a good voice. A very good voice. I'm, for me, it's like it's one of those voices where I don't enjoy it. I can see why others do, and I'll give him, I'll give him this. It's a unique voice. No one it else is. sounds like Liam Gallagher. No, that's absolutely true. But and he is. Everyone cool has one part. of those artists, though, don't they? Like some people go, I love that guy, and someone else is like, but he's whiny. I don't get it. Yeah, no, totally. A lot of people hate Morrissey. Uh, you don't like um, Geddy Lee from Rush. No. Marky e. Smith of the Fall. Some people hate it. Some people hate Robert Smith of oh, the don't, Cure. Don't be like that. Um, I'll say this. I'll say this. Within five seconds of the song, you know, you listen to Oasis. Yeah, and if you consider that yeah. it's the first song of the first album. Yeah, no, bloody hell, I'm listening it, to Oasis. It, it establishes a blueprint. Oh, it's Oasis. Yeah, yeah. And I think isn't this one of the the, the great the, the great mainstays of the the live show? You'd imagine. Isn't this one they just still bang? And Liam will just oh, no, bang this yeah. out as well, still. To be honest, the majority of this, this album is. Married with Children, like, Diddy's Dinner isn't bringing it on down, but Cigarettes and Alcohol, Supersonic, Rockwell Star, Live Red All Red. the same song. Can you imagine, much like oh, Mark, really? Mark Bolan, can you imagine how insufferable Liam Gallagher would have been had he not become famous? That, that... But in like normal workaday life, good God, you'd never you'd avoid him. But so if he's this magnetic, genuinely most famous man in the country for a spell, yeah, it, it makes sense. That level of swagger is intoxicating. He is so cool. Yeah. Like, didn't Ellis James describe him as one of the great coat wearers of our age? Mm. He just yeah. I mean, he knows how to wear Yeah, he really. He, he, he really owns a parka. I was oh, impressed as well that he could wear one on stage when presumably yeah. it's very hot. Mufti. I, 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 I tried to wear a parka and just end up looking like a knobhead. So unfortunately, well, I, I, I can... I imagine, uh, John, you'd look like an Eastern European heavy that was quite cold. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that Manchester swagger. No, I just looked like. No, you had the Essex Shuffle, which is a very different energy. It's it's the Blur Essex Shuffle. <laughs> yeah, so rock and roll stuff. It's uh, it's got a little bit of a Rolling Stones vibe, I think. But the, whereas the difference being with Rolling Stones is they tend to change tempo and melody at some point. Well, um, that's because they. And this isn't a criticism of them. They were young, self-taught musicians. There is clearly a lot of limitation in their playing. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, you don't, no, no, you so don't need to be, you know. But then it doesn't doesn't need to be five minutes of constancy, sweet <laughs> constancy. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They're trying to provide reassurance and a steady tempo in an uncertain world. But on headphones, if you zone out, babe, this almost becomes ambient because it just on and on and on and on. You get the impression when you're I, listening to some of the guitar that he was having to look at his fingers as he played. Bum, bum. Well, hang on, wait, hang on, hang on. Does a change coming? There it is. Nailed it. 
shaking me. Did we get everything out of rock and roll? Yeah, story? I reckon it's fine. It, it, go, it starts and it goes on a bit. It starts, it? it continues in the same vein, and then it's over. Then <laughs> shake like it. But John likes it, everyone. Yeah, John likes it, and I think it's fine. Track two. Shake and Make It was released as the second single in 20th of June. Why do you make Shake and Make It the second single? That makes. Why do you even make it a single? It's shit. Mm. And of what? course, it's I'd like to teach the world to sing. Yeah. They yeah. even use the words I'd like to to begin it. Just to really <laughs> hammer down the theft. They no, they used to sing that as a cover. So they used to do it in their live shows. And then and they then, thought, let's cover our tracks and change seven of the words. They were on the way to um the studio and he was just like shit 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 needs something. So he just wrote that and just but why do you make it a single? <laughs> but apparently, it, it, it wasn't until um, it was an Oasis tribute band called uh, Noasis released yeah. released a cover of it in the style of no, sorry, released a cover of "I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing" in the style of Shaker Maker, emphasising similarities. Which then they got, then they realised, like, hang on, what the hell? And yeah, that, Coke then sued. Yeah, because that, uh, I mean, that version got to 27 in the UK as well. Yeah. Amazingly. Yeah, this, Odd. Odd. The, the original Oasis version peaked at number 11 and has been certified silver. It was the uh, only single from the first two albums not to achieve platinum status in the UK. There's a reason. Hmm. Yes, and Noel states that the lyrics are taken from the world around him. Oh, yeah, he was, he was in the car and he just, saw, I saw things, so I wrote it down. Yeah. yeah, I know he was in the car, John, because um, the the lyric, I've been driving in my car, so I've say, been driving say what you see, say what you see. Yeah, Shaker Maker was a popular toy in the 70s. Yeah. And there's also references to Mr. Soft from the Tree Bore ads, Mr. Clean, which is a jam song, Mr. Ben, the cartoon. Yeah, and was it the final verse about traffic lights came when they were, Liam was pestering Noel to finish the song. I was genuinely uh, thinking, Mr. Ben, didn't he make rice? That's Uncle Ben. That's what I've done. Yeah. Un- yeah. yeah. He must be called Mr. Ben to someone, though. <laughs> You'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Ben. Mr. Ben to That's you. Mr. Ben <laughs> to you, <laughs> sir. Yeah. I'm yeah, and, familiar with myself, aren't you, Mr. Postman? Yeah, and uh, they stopped at some traffic lights uh, by Sifter's record store, and mm. Noel just wrote those lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, say what you see. Yeah, say what, say what you see. see. I mean, to be fair, right. uh, Paul, Paul, Paul McCartney said, um, you know, I wrote paperback writer in the back of a car. Yes, he had, he had yes, a paperback. yes, yes, he did. And, but let's just say, let's just say, paperback writer, and indeed Penny Lane, which is a similar sort of thing, just ever so slightly better than Shaker Maker. Just ever so Do you think? Just a little bit. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna put this out there. I'm not gonna defend every song. Good. I'm gonna defend the album. Okay. So you're not a big shaker maker. I'm gonna defend every song other than that one. So, so are you? Are you agreeing that again at five minutes? Again, it's too much. It's too much of too little. Do you know what? Right. The one yeah. thing I am gonna defend. I'm not going to answer It's their right. It's their right. Go he's, he's holding a pen. He's, he's holding not, a pen. He's, he's emphatic. Right, I'm in Oasis mode. I've had a few beers. He's no, having it, Adam. He's, having he's it. had a few beers and he's got an angry biro. 
<laughs> and it is Belgium, so you know, it if is, I'm on yep. it. Mm-hmm. Premium. Um, no, yeah, five minutes right. is too long. Give it to us. Read some of your bullet points. The one thing, yeah, <laughs> I don't have written my lovely notebook. Um, so the one thing I am going to defend is the whole plagiarism thing. Okay, that one specifically, obviously they completely just ripped it. But others, like you're taking a riff and stuff, which is in this album, which the people who that who Oasis have plagiarized, copied, or whatever, they've done it themselves. Now, mm-hmm. T Rex later on have ripped it from Chuck Berry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which we will go to. Yeah, you know. But I mean, I don't know who you know Coke. <laughs> it's an original song, that one. But everyone, everyone does it. Everyone's it's a fine line between you know being inspired, using it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, no, I I will agree. Um, my position on the whole, they just sound like they ripped off a bunch of songs. Mode Is I it- used to go into. I have softened on that because music does. Everyone just kind of takes from everyone else, and that's how music actually just progresses, progresses and, and and mutates and evolves and all that. So that side of thing my dislike about this has completely softened and i actually agree with you i just still don't like the music i agree with you to an extent i did like like his defense though for what was it um when he was sued for shaker maker noel said in his defense oh i was just being ironic yeah i don't don't think that holds up in court no. And no. it did not. Ah, the irony defense. Very good. Yes. <laughs> but no, like that Case song. Closed. Boys will be boys. But it's it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite at all. Right. Yeah. No, but uh, I'm, ge- I'm guessing the next one the you absolutely bloody love, though. Bloody. And what Oasis fan does not like the next one. Um, in fairness, I also like the next one. Right, I'll, let's go free for free. This is the one of the ones I'm fine with. I think this one is, uh, it's got a certain, it's almost, it's almost beautiful. And I imagine if you are in a huge crowd and there's thousands of people all screaming live forever, I think that's like when Bowie does rock and roll suicide at the I, I saw it. That must be extraordinary. It's a, it's a good song. In Manchester, their last gig in Manchester, unbelievable. Yeah, I bet, I bet. It, and and I also think, um, yes, he's still using the rhyming dictionary, <laughs> but I think he's these lyrics are are, are universal. I think that yeah. it's really good. <laughs> it's it's a it's beautiful. An ode, it's an ode to his mum. Is it? Is it? Yeah. I thought it was. A, a, I thought it was like a. An elegy to youth. Well, like, young. The vitality of being in your twenties. That's what. That's what pretty much I thought. But like, I think he's openly said it's like, yeah. It's <laughs> well, is it? Point. Is it also um, going against the grain for the whole grunge vibe and the downbeatness yeah. of it all? It's basically oh, saying, yeah, going, oh, I'm going to live forever." Yeah. Yeah, and he said that he goes, "You're all so depressed and da da da, etc. etc." Which we all know, life is already depressing enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and that's, let's that's face it, the nineties in Britain was quite an optimistic time. <laughs> you no, know, it was in a way, wasn't it? There was a lot of there was a very sort of can do 
sort of like, you, this is not a shit place to be born. This isn't dreary. This is good. And I think Live Forever is, I think it's great, John. It is, no, it is the, well, I'm very surprised, like, out of the album, I would have put you down for a couple of different songs. I, there is a couple. There are a couple of others that I think are okay as well. But I think "Live Forever" um, taps into a sort of a, a feeling that uh, oh, even yeah. I, even though I didn't know it was I didn't know it was about his mum, and I, I thought obviously it was about youth. But... No, no, it's not about his mum. It's an ode to his mum. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Begrudgingly, tip of the cap to Noel Gallagher. No, I mean, it's 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 incredibly in- anthemic and euphoric at the same time. It's just got such a big sound. That wall yeah. of sound vibe really comes into it. And yeah, this is where I think Liam vocally is at his least grating. Um, that's, that's damning with faint praise, Michael. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. uh, I reckon he had a switch. Like, it's when you've got those more aggressive songs that he then becomes, because he, like, the way he does it, well, you know, the, the famous, like, you know, the hand behind the backs, boom, yeah. attacking the mic. But when you do those upbeat ones, he's proper attacking it. So it does become more aggressive and those, you know, longer. But when he's, like, pulled it back, it's, it shows mm. he's got a decent experience, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think Noel wrote it in 1991. And yes. he, uh, he wrote it whilst he was working in a storeroom for a building company after crushing his foot on a building accident. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, uh, what is it? He explained at the time, at the time, it was written in the middle of grunge and all that. And I remembered Nirvana had a tune called I Hate Myself But I Want to Die. And I was like, well, I'm not fucking having that. I thought, oh, I want no part of that. So that's, m- that, that doesn't speak to me about my life. Oh, no. As, oh, as, no. As much so as I, I picked up my pen and I thought, no, no, get your guitar. We're going to summon up a mood. We're going to, it's going to be anthemic. We're going to, oh, I want to live forever. And that's, that, that's how the song came about. As much as I fucking love him. <laughs> And all that shit. I'm not having that. I can't have people like that I'm coming over here. Not on, it. I can't have people coming over here on smack, fucking saying they hate themselves and they want to die. That's fucking rubbish. Kids don't need to be hearing that nonsense. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. It makes me livid. Oh, right across he was. <laughs> I should be talking, but I'm just enjoying these really lovely little sketch show I've got here. <laughs> I... I think what you're talking about there, John, is the documentary footage that we've just evoked. A snapshot mm-hmm. inside of a creator's eye. Uh, yeah, Absolute knack, you, you boys have got. And when he brought it to the band in 93, uh, Alan McGee, when he recalled first hearing it, said, it was probably the single greatest moment I've ever experienced with them. And I said, Alan, Alan, I am, I tell you what, I am absolutely chuffed to hear you say that, because I'm ever really pleased chuffed. with it. Oh, ever was that Bigamon Noel? That's no, that's no. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Sorry, just to recap, uh, the dramatis personae, Alan McGee, (laughs) and then you've got Noel Gallagher. No! (laughs) And what's what's Liam? (laughs) To be TBC. Okay, cool. Very lazy of you, may I just say? Well, at the moment, it is just that, because it's all (laughs) basically what it does, isn't it? Aye, aye. Yeah, it's a nice one, mad for it. Oh, yeah, that's Quincy. And of course, there's, there's his mother, Mrs. Gallagher. <laughs> Bless her heart. You know what? I've never heard her speak, but I reckon it sounds just fine. Like I, I did. I have heard her speak on the documentary Supersonic, and 
Hang on, was she on that? I can't remember that. Yeah, yeah, she's on it. Talking about. She got a broad Jamaican accent. Couple of, and I tell you what, their dad was good for nothing, but the lads, oh, I had a house full of spirited lads. (laughs) Now, I'm probably, I'm probably, obviously, offending a lot of Ireland. I'm probably even doing the wrong bit of Ireland, but it's basically that. That's bad. It's basically it. Basically Ireland. Yeah, basically. Forget Adam. Basically, all of the Republic of Ireland. Yes, it was a it was a first song to get in the top ten of the UK, and Liam still says it's his favourite Oasis song. Well, that's because it's it's almost it's quintessential Liam, isn't it? That and rock and roll. Quintessential, style, Liam, just... quintessential Oasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and by the time it came out, they'd been performing at so much of their live shows that people almost were surprised it only just come out as a single. Because people who knew them were fans had been hearing it for a, a good year or so. They're like, you've only just brought this out? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Supersonic came, came first. It's their My Generation, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. In, in uh, 2006, Q readers voted it the greatest song of all time. And I'm going to say again, <laughs> democracy simply doesn't work. <laughs> you're you're going to get angry a lot of magazines, I feel. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And in the greatest indie song ever, uh, done by Enemy and XFM, it was voted number one. Greatest uh, indie song ever. It's another, it's, it's, isn't it's that another just all candidate, Yeah, it's another candidate for tallest dwarf. <laughs> I did like the little note Noel has here. Like, uh, at live shows, Noel eventually took over the you and I are going to live forever part because um, by all accounts, Liam thought it sounded a bit gay. Ooh. I did I did not know. Oh, no. Yeah, I didn't know that. that, that that's, that's a rumour I've read. Don't know how true that is. But... Uh, like, when I... He did it when I saw it. I think it was one of the like... Yeah, I don't... Well done, Liam. It doesn't sound gay at all. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> also, I can't see how it does, but you know, because you have to go a bit high, a bit falsetto. Oh, oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear, I dare, I dare. I believe that's how they test for homosexuality in the military: is just how easily and prepared you are to slide into falsetto. He's quite right. A, a, a weird thing I can hear on Live Forever is in the guitars, I can vaguely hear a sound of Credence Clearwater. Huh. Yeah. Huh. And that's not the first, not the last time I'll be mentioning these guitars sound like another band. No, mm. they're all saying, um, what is it, in- influenced by the Rolling Stones on that one? Huh. Sh- was it Shining Light? Shine a Light. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they're, they're taking the melody from Stone Shine a Light. Yeah, Shining Light is by Ash. Okay, sorry, Shine Almost, a Light. Almost uh, ten years <laughs> later, wasn't it? <laughs> but yeah, oh, that was someone him. likes his Ash. No, that was a big song. I, I don't remember it. I'm foggy. That's what you're talking about. Oh, I do know Ash. Yes, I do know. Of course Ash. you do. No, you don't, John. You're yeah, misremembering really John. Girl from Mars. Shining Light. No, they that's were... girl. That's girl from Ipanema. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> She's yes. from Mars, not Ipanema. It feels like something that would have been in the common room at, uni- uh, at college or something. But I've never... Bang right. That's oh, I, d- I didn't go in the common room. I went in the VIP suite. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, you did find the common room was appropriately named, didn't you? 
Harridans and brigands. <laughs> I mean, as you approached it, one of the teachers took you to one side and went, oh, it's not for you. You're far too small. Pop him here. They leave you alive, dear boy. They leave you alive. <laughs> took me through the little mouse door in the wall. Yeah. How, how tall are you, Mike? Six foot. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. Of course you are. Of course you are, son. Of course you are. <laughs> You could no, be as tall as you want. You, you are. You dream. <laughs> Maybe you'll have a growth spurt. After all, you're only 18 years old. <laughs> uh, so one day I hope to be like Adam and up in the sky. Now, up in the sky. Right. It, yeah, that was lovely stuff. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we all enjoyed it. Oh, now, oh, we did. Now to business. Now to business. Um, would you agree? I think, Mike, that it sounds A, like Cooler Shaker, and B, the guitar bit, or the, the main sort of melody, I think is Raw Power by the Stooges. Oh, yeah. But, I, I, but I, obviously, slower. I'd noted that it's got much more of a Seattle, therefore, grunge sound. But uh, I, what so they, I think what they're trying to do is psychedelia. They mm. wanted to do more for the album, Mike. Which is odd. You know when people say that they're like a Beatles ripper, and you like listen to this album, and you're like, it's much more grungy, punky. Yeah, I I can sort of hear a bit of magical mystery tour yeah, vibe on here. Lyrically, they are listening to an awful lot of magical mystery tour era Beatles. Hmm. Because it wasn't it around this period they did their version of I'm the Walrus. Yeah, they did that for ages. Yeah. I think they were doing it. Yeah, they were doing it. They're still doing it now. <laughs> That's still doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Quite, like, I quite like it's, the vibe of it. I like the vibe of it, but lyrically, it's like um, somebody's listened to a bunch of mid-60s songs and thought, I'll have a bash at that, isn't it? There's lots of it's, nature and me and sea. I think it's, it's basically... And of course, the 60s like, so used to use the word high quite a lot, which was terribly shocking. I, I, I read it was about... It's... Hey you, like the band, the person who's doing the song. It's not about you; it's about the music. Which again is a very um, possibly. I, I put, it really does sound to me like they're attempting to be sort of, you know, psychedelic troubadour warriors. Um, not quite. I, I would not say it because then you like hear stuff like, well, you go into that later when they actually start trying to do that more. That's when you hear it. Like, be here now. Like, I, I, for me, it sounds like a more slow down, mellow, killing joke vibe. The guitar mm. sounds on it. But the fact it does sound a little bit like harder edge, I think it's because I think the, the lyrics are supposed to be a little bit more. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think it's about up in the sky is about basically conservative rule and the higher powers. Is it? And, yeah, hey, you wearing the crown, making no sound. I've heard you feel down. Well, that's just too bad. Welcome to my world. Uh, I didn't. I thought, and I don't know if it was quoted by by Noel who just said it was, it's about the song, not the artist. So it's like you as the artist being up in the sky. It's not about you. Hey, you up in the sky, and then bye. It's about it. I mean, that's that's what I've heard. Oh, yeah, people think like they're, they're the voice of a generation. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like, your bonos and such. 
Yes. And on that front, I would agree. <laughs> if you're listening, Bono, I stand by that. <laughs> if you're listening, Bono, please give us money. What yes. the dick? God, course, man, you I, can I, tell I, we're... I need to pay for that heightening operation. I mean, I don't need anything. <laughs> Which I don't need for I'm I, I don't need. Um, but if you uh, feel inclined, Bono, uh, hit me up. We can talk offline. Don't speak to me, just Michael. Thank you. Go through it, Mike. <laughs> I, really want to, I really want to speak to your friend John. Oh, no, 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 Mr. Bono first. About I hear that he agrees with me, and that's just grand. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, can, can, can we talk about my legs first? Yeah, I know. They're ever so small. But you know, John. <laughs> Columbia? Yeah. Columbia. <laughs> oh, come on. Conceived while the band were on an acid trip. And it was named after the hotel they were staying in. What more do you need? Oh. It's an awesome song. Adam, you look like you have thoughts or a headache. I don't care for it particularly. I, 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 I think lyrically it's quite annoying. Um, I'm, I know we've already sort of given them a pass for lyrics and so on, but there we were, now here we are, and then this is confusion, am I confusing you? It's just... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's if you're gonna write a song about drugs and its effects, that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Being confused. I'm, I'm pretty bloody confused. <laughs> So go, but, but that's yeah, not one of the selling points. Not, I have some drugs as well, and guess what? I'm really fucking confused. <laughs> I, know what you, I know what you mean. It's true, John, but I'm equally seen you very, very confused. I'm just Heineken. <laughs> Hang on. How much for this? <laughs> I mean, remember, John, when you were suddenly naked in that phone box, you looked ever so confused as to how you'd found yourself in this situation. Yeah, it was all part of the grand plan, wasn't it? <laughs> Everything's under control. <laughs> By which you meant your life. <laughs> it's when I got so drunk in Hamburg and had a conversation with my own reflection and was confused as to how he was wearing the same clothes as me. That was But you're a good looking fella. <laughs> Is that how you got the part in home and away? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Oh, that was an interesting. casting people were in Hamburg. Took one look at the guy shouting at his own reflection and went, "Him. We're going <laughs> to bide our time until he moves my, to Australia." <laughs> my, my Spanish mate was very confused by my actions. Eh, Jonathan, <laughs> we're going around Europe. <laughs> Here we are. Join me. <laughs> eh, Jonathan, I am very confused. <laughs> Exactly. Such a bad... I like it. Bloody isn't. Bloody isn't. <laughs> Magnificent. Within, within a week, they'll accept me as their own. I think you walk down any street in Spanish, they all they all talk like that. Yeah, you okay. head over to Spanish, and that's what they sound like. <laughs> <laughs> they all have enormous tongues, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Jonathan. Yes. Speaking to Q Magazine about the song. Oh, them. What did they want? Oh, yeah. They, they got all the news and t all the texts. So Noel said to him, 
One Sunday afternoon, I was at home watching EastEnders when our kid rings up and says, You coming down for a jam? I'd never played with anyone else, ever. I went, All right, I'm asking. Do you know any Beatles songs? No, not Ticket to Ride. We sit there for hours and hours, dead hot and sweaty, and it's great. Same for next Sunday, and just because they didn't know any Beatles, really, we decided to write a song ourselves. And I come up with what turns out to be Columbia. <laughs> You're such a bell end. <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> oh, no, I reckon that's exactly how it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds. Yeah, it's kind of Stone Roses like this one, isn't it? Yes, oh, it, yeah. is. it is. It is, yeah. yeah. And it goes on for six fucking minutes. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. And it has the <laughs> slowest fade out. And it starts fading out in like a minute, like four minutes and a half. It's like, why yeah. is it taking a minute to fade out? Maybe because they knew it would annoy you so much. So, Supersonic, the worst Jamiroquai cover ever, yes? <laughs> 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 oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, comedy business. Oh, I, mm, oh. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, well, it's their debut single for the it band. Is. And what a debut single. Yeah, it's their, their Britain, calling card, isn't it? Britain really? and recorded in a day. Yeah, he, he basically popped off for like 10 minutes, wrote it, and then they started hashing out and recorded it that day then was another song was it that they all went out for Chinese food and left Noel cross as anything in the studio and he just wrote this out he wrote it in like he says he wrote it in like 10 minutes and then they came back and then they recorded it that day because they were going to have bring it on down as the first release and they were That's like it, yeah. no we're going to do Supersonic was it they, they were in the studio to record bring it on down and then they weren't quite getting it, so they just started jamming, and this sort of yeah. born out of that jam. Yeah. They had supersonic. Yeah. Which is, I think, utter, utter nonsense, and as he would admit, utter lyrical nonsense. Yeah, lyrical nonsense, but a, a really potent vibe. Oh, mate. And as I said, this is like going to university, just getting ready to go out and just party with my mates. You put this on, you'd have your pre-drinks, and then you put this on, and I'd feel like, yeah, tonight's going to be a good night. That's what I felt. Yeah. And so that's what it's about. Are you sure you weren't listening to Black Eyed Peas? Yeah. Sounded like yeah. you were. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a feeling, but tonight's going to be a good, good night. And I'm going to be up all night to get some. Somebody should write a song about it. And so they should, because it was good. But no, not Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. Yeah, Noel says it's his favourite Oasis song. Ah, that surprises me. I thought it'd be something else. I thought it'd be Masterplan. <laughs> I never listened to that. Nope. I, I don't care to either. I was going to say, are you gonna? Nope. Nope. Really, really should. Uh, it peaked at 31 in the UK charts when it first came out. Over time, though, it's become their 13th biggest selling single in the UK. Ooh. And it's another song essentially about a rock and roll star. Yeah. 
really yeah. exploring the theme. Yep, really Massive. hammering it out. Um, yeah. He mentions a lovely yellow submarine in there. Wonder where he got that from. Uh, yeah, well, I think I mean, it's just referencing your idols. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? No, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, I think that's an absolutely, that's a legit line. Yeah. Yeah, it's a line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's okay. what it, it is. Yep. Well observed, yep. Adam. Thanks for being here. Down in a song, in a line formation, that checks out. Good job. That's why I pay you the big bucks for your insights here. That's exactly right. Oh, you've got such a smart mouth. <laughs> not so smart. That's not pig, is it? <laughs> Who's getting paid? Wait, what? Oh, hang up. I'll send you your appearance invoice later, John. That's cool. two grand. Cool. Thank you. Uh, my agent oh, doesn't let me do anything less than five. That's Australian. So just round up to 3,000 UK. That'll do. Okay, so you're going to send me three grand, yeah? No, 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 no. That's what I want. Well, it's what you might want, John. Yeah, but we what all want you get. three grand. <laughs> want three grand for nothing, John. I mean, I had words with my agent. She says, you can't appear on anything, five or less. Also, yeah, your agent was livid that we came to you direct, wasn't you? Absolutely appalled. This is the same agent who tried getting you Chinaman 2 in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> Strong business mind. I really don't think I'm right for it. <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> also, oh, so close, so close. This is going to get a bit insensitive calling the part Chinaman too. <laughs> you're not even up. You're not even up for lead Chinaman. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I've not seen the film, so I don't know what the role was. But yeah, would have been interesting. I if I got it, if I was Chinese and got it, I'd love if you were up for Sub Zero or something like that. I'd make a brilliant Sub Zero. Get over here. I know it's... You no, cheeky not, bitch. No, that's not <laughs> Who said you cheeky bitch? Whose catchphrase was that? No, I like to improvise. <laughs> was, was, that, was that Shang Tsung? You cheeky bitch. <laughs> oh. You cheeky bitch. I'm going to fucking do you one. Yeah. Right, I'm going to rearrange your fucking face, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> But not before I give you a lovely cuddle and just ask you, why? Why'd you go down this road? <laughs> John did all of that in the audition as the casting director just stared at him. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, a five-minute monologue was a little bit much. Eh? Could you just read the words that we've given you? I don't think so, and, no. And <laughs> could you look at us not, not in your reflection in a window? <laughs> for crying out loud, put the can of lager down. <laughs> I don't even think I had an audition. I just was in a pub looking in a mirror. Yeah. I, I don't know, Steve. I, like, I think the Rolling Stones teacher has a nice touch for Samsung. Any more on Supersonic? I mean, it's a big one. I, I don't know how far we got into it. Sorry. I went on a Barely a thing. Barely a thing. I think it's Supersonic's all right, isn't it? It's, I don't think it's as... Um, it, it doesn't measure up to Live Forever because no. Live Forever like manages to have some some lyrical worth whereas as you said john supersonic is just him bashing out whatever fat fit the meter which is fair enough you know bowie did that when you go That's, to see yeah. their gigs you know which ones are like like everyone who's an oasis fan who's going to one of their gigs absolutely 
fucking loves it. But it's not like one of your finishing epic songs that they've done. I bet people absolutely fucking hammer that give me gin and tonic line when you see oh, them yeah. live. Yeah. I think that Noel's had gin and bottles thrown at him. Like, Good. You know, that's, that's, that's the way to show your love, isn't it? <laughs> have, have this hefty glass bottle at you. Have that, you twat. I got Love this from Duty Free, Liam. Love ya. <laughs> I mean, that's merely speculation, but, you know. What, the Duty Free part? It's, it's absolutely awesome, energetic, great song. But, yeah, it's not that. I think it's biggest. fine. Uh, I think sometimes the energy of the songs is somewhat offset by the laconic delivery of Liam. And I think that's probably what it, to me, slows down supersonic is yeah, mid gin and tonic. It's, there's no, there's not a lot of energy in the delivery of the song. Yeah, it's, it's just a bit sanguine I, and uh, good, it's not very, it's not really supersonic. Actually. No, it isn't. I mean, yeah, don't doubt that Liam Gallagher does feel supersonic probably four days out of five. He attacks that song. I, I think he really, he's always attacking that song, right. To me, Jamiroquai really sum up what it means to be supersonic. This does not. This needs to be cold. <laughs> Cigarettes no. and alcohol. Yeah. Uh, isn't it bring it on? No, no, my bad. It's bring it, it, bring it on. on bring it on down. Bring it on down. I'm looking at the bottom of my page. Um, to right. me... Go on, John. No, no. Do you? Is it because it sounds like Guns N' Roses, You Could Be Mine? Which is exactly what it says on my notes. Couldn't give a fuck that it does. <laughs> well, I'll just go <laughs> listen to that then. I'll have these knobheads. But I'll it's go a great to those song. other So you won't listen to a song because it sounds like another song. Yeah, I'll go listen to the other song. song. Mike, Mike, we've we discussed this. No, we didn't. We talked about plagiarism. It's full, it's full of them. Yeah, them. Yeah, but it's not plagiarised, is it? It sounds... No, it sounds like, like another song. And I'll go listen to the other song, which I already prefer more. But that, that happens so many times. Yeah, Surely like... that is plagiarism. No, it's no, not plagiarism. plagiarism is just ripping off, but if it sounds like another song... Oh, sounds okay. Like right. it, it's... See, I don't know the other song. It, it sounds yeah, like Bring It On Down. Bring On Down? Yeah, well, uh, uh, this, is, this is what I'm led to believe. But I can't remember what Bring It All Down sounds like either. So have, I'm sitting here going... Some, uh, it's a judgment day. Sounds like bits and pieces. It, <laughs> Got it, yeah. It sounds sound, sound similar. It's of the same sort of, like, emphasis. Yeah. But they're different. I get it, but they are different. Yeah, don't like this. It's a bit... At this point in the album, I, I'm really struggling at this point with Liam's voice. He's really? just going full blood. He sounds like a clown nose at this point. This is... I, 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 I love this, this song. What is it you love about it? That's not I a like loaded it. question. It's the a, fact it sounds like Gunny Roses. I... And I love... I love He's a guest. I, I was doing a... Um, a studying film. And I was had to do like a, a like a trailer for a, a, a gangster English gangster flick and um, I was just trying to find a soundtrack and I came across this song and I just absolutely loved it 
like it just fits so perfectly the pace of it just it's like quite an aggressive song like you think of that guns and roses and i listen to that guns and roses i cannot think of not listening to terminator and i think this has got that like aggression and like yeah and it's it's very different to the other songs it's very different to the other songs and it's it a nice change of pace and you go yeah. like like the pace of this album is like quite odd i think it's quite up and down and this is yeah. a very different song hmm. yeah it's definitely got a bit more energy and yeah is, say a is bit this more the aggression. one that's got an honest to god guitar solo on it no um now quite clearly appreciated Guns N' Roses and Slash because in a later album he was like I had a guitar solo which I'd cut down because it was too much like him they're like we're just channeling Guns N' Roses oh then just he cut. had a problem with it yeah he, he, I mean, he, 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 he was receiving that. legal advice <laughs> but um, they clearly liked Guns N' Roses and stuff like that and yeah which is a bit odd, really, isn't it? You can't. It's, I find it quite difficult to imagine them listening to Guns N' Roses. But then I was listening to it. Like, well, when I was knowing I was going to come here, I was looking at this critic, and he's like, I always get criticised for being like the Beatles, but they're more like the English Guns N' Roses, like to begin with. And I, okay, I kind of, I, I kind of see that. I can kind of see that. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Like, yeah, a, a charismatic, but. Twatish, douchebaggy lead singer. A really good lead guitarist who's good lead guitarist who everyone kind of prefers. And then everybody else is just doing their best, bless them. And Duff here too. And try not to get too high. (laughs) If I could just be here and not trip balls too much. If I just stand very still and look at my fingers, I might just get through it. <laughs> they might work out a system of how to play. Fortunately, a song. with Nolan Liam here, very few people will be looking at me. <laughs> Just don't bother plugging me in, mate. Just play back. <laughs> Which is what they did with the Manic Street Preachers. <laughs> they didn't never plugged in Richie because he was just so god awful. He was there just to look like a, but a star. Fucking looked like a rock star. Of course, mate. And, he, and was, I think, he wrote the lyrics as well, didn't he, with Nicky Wyatt? Yeah, and he did the artwork and stuff. Um, you see, they're number one in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a new album, they're number one. They beat Steps because it's the 90s. Really, what the hell I, is happening? Yeah, I know. I, they, uh, they've, it's, I love it's, Manic Street Preachers. It's been a very heartwarming scene, to be honest. It's They just look so chuffed. I'm really happy for them. I haven't, I haven't really heard the album. I like the single from it because it references 10B, so, which is oh, nice. Not heard it. Manic Street Preachers are bloody great. And they... They actually they um, toured with Oasis, did they? Yeah, which is quite odd because yeah. in the Street Preachers book they're going. So we're singing political songs about um, the Spanish Civil War and libraries. Yeah, and then um, Liam comes and rugby tackles me on stage, and you've got all the like Oasis crowd like going crazy, yeah. and that's when obviously you know we only want to get drunk. And I go, that's it's not what it's about. Yeah, the of the Oasis crowd there were like, Oh, we're gonna watch Call, call me a snob here, call me wrong, but I don't think that Liam Gallagher is necessarily a big reader. Whereas the Manic Street Preachers are one of the most bookish bands yeah. that have ever made it big. 
and I found it when I was reading that because I was reading um, uh, the Manic Street Preachers uh, biography. How absurd it was that they supported Oasis. It's weird because I went to see Oasis and Kasabian supported them. I'm like, yeah, that makes that sense. checks out. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. You see that? Yeah. And then I'm like, Manic Street Preachers. Oh, that's a whole. Two different types of people yeah, yeah. in one room, right? <laughs> Can you imagine a lot of quite nervous-looking Manic Street Preachers fans around the outskirts? Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, any more for Bring It On Down? So what have I written here? No. <laughs> um, no what have I written? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. We've covered it. Like, we, 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 yeah, it was like... As a tribute to punk and et cetera, et cetera. No, I've done it. Cigarettes and alcohol. Yeah, cigarettes and Swap alcohol. For generation. It's fairly irresistible. Well, yeah, it is Chuck Berry and T Rex. Well, yeah, I mean, there's quite the pedigree. But yeah. I, but, yeah. I didn't know Rod Stewart had done a cover. Really? Yeah. Of yeah. cigarettes and alcohol. Does it sound like all of the stereophonic songs? Yes. But have you seen um, Rod Stewart with, oh, what's his name, Kelly? With a funny hat on. I have. They they, they did handbags and glad rags, and I'm like, oh, it's just such pure raspiness together. I loved it. You got Rod Stewart and the Rod Stewart impersonator. I was going to say, speaking of really going for it. Speaking of unnecessary things that exist. I love the stereophonic But they do just sound like they've got a Rod Stewart impersonator and then they formed an Oasis tribute band, certainly in the early days. Mm. But they were... I I, I like stereophonics. I mean, you like sort of 90s indie rock, which is is fair enough. We don't blame you, John. No, you can't help where you were born. I like lots of things. It's not your fault, John. It's not your fault. It's not My your fault. Don't need to have a three-piece suit and floppy hair. <laughs> no, it's not your fault, it's, John. It's better if they do. It, it's better if preferred. Yes. Put <laughs> a tie on, man. I'm I'm quite happy for my artists to put a tie on and and do such things. But you so know, we all agreed. We all like that. Then why that. are we fighting? Why are we fighting, John? We all agree we like a ter- man to be well turned out. No, but I don't mind a guy turning up no, in no, tracksuit bottoms. Wanting to nut someone either. It's fine. Just do what you want to do. Just pop on a Rolling Stones t-shirt and have at it. Grab life. Nutmeg yeah. the fella. <laughs> just, just enjoy yourself. Just bloody enjoy yourself. <laughs> That's what Manic Street preachers. They were just a crazy bunch. People would try and jump the stage and he would. He was numb. Yeah, they, they were, were They were a really numb. interesting band. <laughs> Because <laughs> like, what you're like, talking about is James Dean Bradfield would not them. Yeah, it's difficult to imagine Nicky Wire doing anything other than going. Oh, <laughs> he's basically you in a dress. Yeah, he's Wait. taller than the rest of them. Yeah, he's six five, any six. Fond of his books, right? and uh, ultimately can't really play the bass. <laughs> no, again, self-taught. Yeah. Just did it. Wanted to be cool in a band. Whereas James Dean Bradfield is a genuinely tremendous musician. Like, well, super. Yeah. Him, him and, um, oh, what's Sean. the drummer's name? Sean. Yeah, him and Sean really carried. carried yeah, yeah, band. yeah. They're, they're, a, they're a band <laughs> of two halves, aren't they? They really are. 
you've got the, the bookish lads in eyeliner, and then you've got the stocky look like they really could kick a hole in you, other half of the band, who happen to weirdly be the, these incredible musicians as well. Weird band. He's so good. James Dean Bradfield. So anyway, um, back to Oasis. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Jesus, go and fucking cut all this Manic Street Peaches bollocks out now. I'll, I'll tell you what, John, oh, we'll have you back to do Manic. Summit, surely. It shows that, you know. <laughs> what does it show? It shows that we like shit. <laughs> He's not wrong again. That's right, you got a point. Yeah. It's just how they do music, Mike. It's just how they do music, fair play. <laughs> I like this stuff, and also I like a bit of this, and that's why I like this more. Like, yeah, easy done. A man, yeah. It's amazing they didn't get you to replace John Peel when he died. Really gripes me to this and day. Ultimately, uh, that's just the way that they do music <laughs> and fair play. Anyway, <laughs> next up, we've got the Manic Street Breaches, and let's hear how they do music. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> Now on Radio 2, it's John Peel with Fair Play. Right, so cigarettes, alcohol, carry on. <laughs> Their fourth and final single from the album. It got to number seven in the UK. Good on them. Yeah, this is one where I'm really starting to find Liam's voice even more grating now. Uh, I think cigarettes and alcohol is up there. is is part of the triumvirate with Live Forever and Supersonic. It's the it's the the quintessence of Oasis. I know that Rock and Roll Star is as well, but I don't really like that. Um, I think those three are. The, if that came on, I'm not I'm not aggravated. I'm going to find that I quite enjoy that. Yeah, it's fine. Don't hate it. There's things in it I quite like. I, I quite like the guitar sound in this. But yeah, I, I just. <laughs> When Liam kicks in with the "Is it my imagination?" Oh fuck! But the thing I is, I think you, I think you're here because he doesn't over and I've seen when you do it and see him live and later on, and he does imagination and he does. Oh, but when yeah, you listen yeah. to the actual album, it's not as bad as what everyone thinks it is. Mm. This is the early stages of that pronunciation of words yeah before you got to that point he's really over enunciating that is how but it he's... feels though in your early 20s though isn't it like is uh, it worth the aggravation to find yourself a job when there's nothing worth working for yeah. hmm. all you really want to do is be with your mates have some fags be with your mates and no, I, the cans. Yeah, I, I like the yeah. I like the theme of the song which is basically about self-medicating your way through a banal working life yeah just, yeah just get the quick wins of oh, I might get drunk tonight, might get some pills or something. That'll do, that'll do get me through the evening, get me through till no, tomorrow. I'm stuck in this boring ass world with this boring, yeah. boring ass yeah. place. I any need bit, an escape. Box. Any stimulation I can get because I can't afford to actually go do anything fun. It's like, um, is it what's it called? It's Saturday night, Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, it's that, isn't it? It's yeah, the it's, drudgery and the humdrum existence. And then you come alive when you go out with your mates. And I, I think the way the reason why a lot of people might not like Oasis because of is because of the way they deliver it. Like like they do it very much on the nose. There's no just hiding from the fact that it's like, right, this is a shit place. What do we like? We like cigarettes and alcohol. Oh uh, yeah. 
and the odd bit of toot. Yeah. And it's just like, boom, that's it. There's no sugar coat in it. Yeah. That's what it is. And some people are going, oh, it's just lazy. No, there's something quite no, there's something quite refreshing about the lack of metaphor there. Yeah, no, again, I, I think that's I think that's part of their appeal, part of their popularity. That is lit there, and frankly, most like people that are going to see bands in their early twenties. That is what they. That is what you want. You don't want to sit down and watch the Dirty Three perform no. one of their ambient pieces for half an hour. You want to get Larry, but if you're Mike and I, you want to get Larry from a private booth. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, the lads! Well done, everybody. Let's get rockers from a safe distance. Yeah. Cigarettes and alcohol in a padded room. <laughs> Lovely. Yes, with table service. See, see, no, no, I know. Yeah, I just loved it, and that, and that's what it was. And you know, as we were when younger, cigarettes and alcohol very much the forefront of everything. It's like, yeah, uh, I can, I can relate to this. I want to go out with my mates. I'm not going to cause any damage. I'm not going to get, you know, but I want cigarettes and I want booze. And I want to have a good fucking time. Yep. Alan McGee claimed uh, this is one of the greatest social statements of the past 25 years. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a massively grandiose statement, but he's not yep. 100% wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's a statement and it's a very good one, but like there's, it depends what you look at. But yeah, it is. Because right? it sums up a, a generation of people and a, a well a phase as well of your life yeah yeah, yeah. certainly it, in this country it's probably worth just mentioning again but because we've not really said it but this is the one where a lot of people say yeah the, the main riff is basically just taking wholesale from t-rex's get it on yes it is um, but which in turn that riff has been been taken from chuck berry's little queenie yeah like and, that, and that's the thing is like and as you said, you've softened on that whole thing. And my one gripe is that when people do just go, they've ripped it off. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Noel goes, yeah, I have. But people seem to be okay with T-Rex ripping it off. But for some reason, if a bee in their bonnet I with think a waist in it. The, and the I'm problem just like, is, why? well, first of all, there's probably a degree of snobbery involved. That a, a Oasis <laughs> definitely get, there's a lot of Classism in the discussion. Can I just say, like with T with T Rex, you know how much I love T Rex. Oh, you're famed for it, mate. Famed for but it. I love to wear a T-shirt, but they are very samey. Oh yeah, it's yeah. That same same riff, and not over a couple of songs. No, it's not the same riff, but it is the same feeling. You, yeah, but, but I will I, say they did change. Like so, yes, the riff is Chuck Berry, but they. It, it, sounds, it sounds like T-Rex it's, they, 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 it's very fuzzy well, that's, it's, but when you listen to Oasis but I think go, Oasis are playing it in exactly the same way as T-Rex played it not really when so. you listen to it you go. You don't go that's T-Rex you go that's Oasis I, I genuinely have mistaken this a couple of times to get it on when it's on, on the radio on I'm gone, oh, get it on oh, it's cigarettes and really I've, I've always genuinely I've have. I'm like Boom. No, that's Oasis. No, that's well, it's because it's I'm, it's I'm not that familiar with cigarettes and alcohol because I've not been listening to it for years and years. So sometimes when it's come on the radio, I genuinely have been like, oh, it's T oh no, it's not, it's Oasis. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's. <laughs> hey, fuck you, buddy. Uh, 
<laughs> I think I think part of the reason Oasis probably do get uh, the kind of tarred with the plagiarism brush is one they seem to let's call it emulate a lot of other people a lot probably more than other bands. No, I don't. I wouldn't say more. I, it's because they revel in it. I, I I think John's got it. I was about to say that. I think it's because they they're so unashamed. They just yeah. say like, yeah, fucking net it. Yeah, it's like I, I, I like which I, like I think people find distasteful. I think they do, yeah. Which yeah, is why people get snotty about it. Which, I, to be honest with you, I think Noel absolutely probably delights him that he's aggro- he gets up the nose of a lot of people. I think he does. Yeah. I think he... But then there's songs coming out, and they'll literally say an R and B artist. Don't ask me to name examples, please. But. Then your they'll, argument is flawed. They'll be doing their song, and it is literally, boom, I'm taking a song and putting it bang in the middle of my song. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, no one's getting bent out of shape about that. People are starting to for some reason, because people have only just discovered somehow that hip-hop is built around <laughs> taking other songs and putting beats on them. Yeah, and, I, and, and I've, I've never understood that. I'm like, Hang on, you've literally taken that song and put it in the middle of yours. And yet Oasis have taken the tune, changed the lyrics, changed the tune slightly, and go, right, okay, it's a fine line between being inspired by I think it might be also down to people's perceptions of what certain musicians and certain but music in general genres should do. So it's kind of a given that hip hop is built around the world of sampling and you know hip-hop is kind of almost like a found footage genre like you build up from pieces you find around the world the world around you whereas something like a rock band like oasis it's expected you come up with riffs and new tunes of your own and maybe that's just a general you know perception people have well it's like djs it's like oh djs are out to just like rip and alter songs but you, not everyone is Moby, Fatboy, Slim, etc., etc. It's like, oh no, he's he's allowed to. He's a DJ. I think Moby and has it's... had a lot of shit for that though, because he's the argument is that he's made a huge amount of money out of like old protest songs and torch songs, and never the people that have, well, let's face it, the largely black spiritual singers that he was s- stealing from. Uh, yeah, not probably, have not one red cent yeah. from the mm. sale of play. Uh, well, then maybe I even take retract that one. But I'll go. Fat Boy Slim is pretty bloody original. Yeah, no. I'm well disposed to Fat Boy Slim. I, I love Fat Boy Slim. By saying it's like people do just like take shite, plonk it in there, and then you go. Oh, what about Oasis? Are uh, nicking all these songs? And you go. Okay, I, think, I, I see here. I've got Supersonic and I've got Bring It On Down. Both of those have already been covered by the people who they're covering. T-Rex, Secrets and Alcohol, and you're like, what, that's three? Like, okay, you're inspired by someone. I'll give Shake Maker. They just nicked that shoe. <laughs> <laughs> they did. <laughs> it's a straight-up bit of theft. But... <laughs> right. I... Hmm. I, I think you. I agree with you to a point. But what's the? Is it the importance of being an idol? Yeah, there's just dead end street. 
Which is literally Kings. note for note, dead end street. To the point where I thought, dead, much like you, if I hear that, I assume dead end street is about to play. Because they're not, they don't even, they're not even like adding a note here or hither or thither. It's just the same. See, that's things like, I, I love that song, but I also like and love the importance of being idle. I think also mainly for the music video. The music video is fucking great. Yeah, it's a belter. It is a good video. Again, taking from the Kinks video. Yeah, but. Is it? Again, well, yeah. no, no one's dancing in it, but they're all obviously dressed as pallbearers and funeral directors. They're all dressed as pallbearer. They're dressed as pallbearer. <laughs> That's a very different video. <laughs> but then, when does it Ray, become... David there. The power of the iron! When, when, when does it stop being a homage and, like, just ripping it? Because they're very... Probably he's around the, the 22nd mark of cigarettes <laughs> and alcohol. No, but when he goes, he goes, yeah, I, I got that from the Kinks. That's a homage then, surely. It's like, I love the Kinks. There's a difference from writing in the vernacular of someone and trying to recreate a sound and then just taking the, literally their melodies. Yeah, and if it's but, no, but, but no, it's not like a little um, a phrase. It's just the, the whole riff. No, but the thing is, it's become it's basically the acceptance of the fact of what you're doing. Me accepting the fact of going, I freaking love the Kinks. I love the Beatles. I'm going to write a song in that spirit with this, but I'll change the words, etc. Mm. Or you're just doing a cover. Mm. Or you're just then, or you're just going, no, I didn't write a song in that style and then getting sued by it like T Rex, etc. did. Like, at least they're owning up to that shit. Yeah. Unapologetic about the fact that they love these artists. That's fine. Um, I still don't perceive the whole like, oh, we're telling people we we ripped the kinks off. It's like, yeah, don't. Yeah, but is it ripping them yeah. off or is it just saying we've made a song? Yeah, yeah, but career. when you when you're saying that they seem to revel in the fact, say, so, yeah, we just ripped so and so off. Like, can you not? I mean, if he said like, own. well, no, I drive, I drive when drunk all the time. Well, don't. Could you? Could you not? You should stop that. It's quite quite a leap, but it's it's, it's the same principle. Yeah, you can murder this, someone with your plagiarism. I'm going to take this whole song, plonk it in my song, and then just not talk about it, and just go, yeah, but it's cool. I'm Kanye West, so it's okay that I can do that. But again, like we were just saying, hip hop has a as a genre just has a whole different style to it. Yeah, because yeah, bear it in mind, Oasis are working in a medium where you're supposed to be you are supposed to be writing the songs yourself. That's sort of the the spirit of the thing. Yes, we, we covered this when you went to the loo. Yeah, yeah. We did. But now well, there's in which case I think it well, I have arrived at the same conclusion independently. <laughs> But also, Kanye West is not, he's using literally somebody else's notes. He's not playing them himself. And I think that is different. And these people get paid. And they, these people. The finger thing means money. What does the finger thing mean, Mike? Finger thing means, means money. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie. <laughs> so let's get away from this fascinating discussion about 
I'll do that again because John's saying elongated neck through it. Let's get to <laughs> Which would just sound bizarre. Taylor's all this time. Apropos of nothing, John's going, <laughs> what is your elongated neck in? Uh, right, so we, we'll get away from this fascinating thing. <laughs> it's really hard to tell when you're going to do your bit and when we can't Yeah, talk. yeah, sorry. When can we talk about next? How about you give us a signal? like You know you know like, how I started saying five words in sequence building up to a sentence? Just shut the fuck up and let me finish it. And Mike, it's my, it's my first podcast. I'm a virgin. Be gentle. Yeah, and you're gonna drink you all the way through. Unprofessional. Yeah, we'd never do that, would we? Yeah, would you? Dixie's dinner. Now talk about it. It's bollocks. Cool. There we it's, are. <laughs> he basically just said it's something that you can only ever write with no inhibitions. It's like you can't. You can just write nonsense and just go. Yeah, I've got something. Yeah, for eBay says, if you write it now, the Guardian or music papers would destroy you. Yeah, pretty much. I think this is the this is where Liam's credibility and persona is really at the very bleeding edge of what it can get away with. And I think we'll have lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> is something that even he cannot make sound cool. But if you were going to choose someone to say lasagna in a singy voice, it would be him. Oh, well, that's a question, uh, isn't it? There's he a, there's would a be very low down on my yeah. list. I need someone to sing the line lasagna. lasagna. We, need, we need a whole host of artists. I have quite, <laughs> a, I have quite an exhaustive list before it gets to Liam Gallagher. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh, what Scott will do with it. lasagna, Michael? Lasagna. <laughs> I'll, I'll it's not a bad choice. So, what a life it would be if you could come to mine for tea. I'll pick you up at half past three. We'll have lasagna. Name Can't a more song punchable verse. God, this is a bad song. It's awful. Alan McGee I, uh, said it was a pastiche of Blur. Oh, well, yeah, it might be, but it's a shit pastiche of Blur. Yeah, it sounds like I, a I shit think... oasis song to me. Yeah, I just make stuff up. I just do think no. it was a song like, right? Yeah, we've got our mate Dixie. It's right about him going down for dinner. Yeah, why not? Because we can. Shove on there, easy done. Sorted us another song. That's pretty much what I think. This is it's pretty not... much up there with Public Image. Um, what's it called? Last track on the first album. Fodder I wouldn't stomp. say Fodder stomp. Yeah, this is their Fodder Stomp. I just would not say. I think it's probably the weakest on the um, on the album. Probably. I'd say it's one of the weakest songs of the nineties. Yeah. Oh, ho, ho, that's a bold statement. Yeah, I, it no, is. I agree with him. And bear in mind, we just we're coming hot on the heels from listening to the Spice Girls debut. I think Dig Digby's dinner is bollocks or whatever it's fucking called. <laughs> I think. It, it's a lot better than a lot of Spice Girl songs. Absolutely not. Absolutely not on Spice. Not. I would rather listen to Love Thing a million times than Bickle. Oh yeah, Love Thing's a jam compared to Dig, Digby's Big Red Dog's Dinner. <laughs> you don't know Digby, he could be a lovely fellow. Well, he bloody loves lasagna. That's all we've established. Digby <laughs> bloody loves lasagna, yeah. He does. Who doesn't? 
Right, should we go to the next one? Because we're clearly... Um, I mean, not even not... you could defend it. You, you yourself have just said it's probably the weakest. <laughs> no, it is the weakest. It the is, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Still, it's not. Uh, what is, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't. It doesn't hinder the rest of the album because the rest of the album does a bit. Does, does. does a bit. It, it could have it been a masterpiece, which I enjoyed, but because of that song, we'll never know. It's just it's all come tumbling down around it. The of house of cards. You've been overtly positive about the album up to this point. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't mind a few. Uh, track ten, <laughs> slide away. <laughs> I love Slide Away. I, I quite like it, actually. It's one of the few I like. I would describe it as fine. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly indifferent to it. It's such a good song. Apparently, this is Paul McCartney's favourite Oasis song. Or so he claims. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then I'll start listening to Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I thought it was good, actually, but I've been working with Kanye West. That was ten years ago, Paul. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's also a song that everyone can just like get on board with. Like everyone knows what it's about. Are you on board, Adam? Uh, I would say I'm waving you off from the harbour. <laughs> we've we've all been in that sort of situation, right? Like at the harbour, yeah. Everyone, everyone can relate to it, yeah. Watching you slide away. <laughs> Sounds very sexy, Adam. And um. Liam's vocals on here is almost verging on something near anguish and actual um, some kind of emotion that isn't just I having think, it. And honest to God, human emotion that isn't the emotion of having it. And I'll tell you what. He what is it that Liam Gallagher is good at conveying? Is it remorse? No, no. It's having it. <laughs> how, how, how much? Oh, large. <laughs> Grief? No, this no, song, it's not great. It's also another song for a later date. You must listen to, and he and he does, and it's he does it very well. Like we're not talking about the other song because we're talking about this album, but I don't know what song you're talking about. Yeah, what is it? Is it a mystery? Hey, what song are we talking about in the future? From a different album. When we're talking about this album, yeah, I don't want to go. Anyway. We now I'm just confused. about the Manic Street Preachers for 20 minutes. Yeah, don't get don't, the point out. I may have already cut out, so no one knows what we're talking about. Don't go away. Elongated neck. Fuck you. <laughs> what is? Oh, I'm giggly now. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been, so, I've been, I've been tickled pink for the last three hours, and it's really starting to turn. It's, it's, it's another song, and they were talking about you basically. What like, song, man? I said, don't go away. <laughs> right, don't go away. Right. I thought that was an instruction to us. <laughs> All right. We're not leaving you. We're not leaving you, John. And it was, it was basically like what it would be like to lose his mum. I think that's what he said it was about. Oh, they love their old mum. They love their old mum. They love their old mum, those little scallywags. I absolutely love that one about how I'm not supposed to go away. <laughs> I'm not supposed to die. <laughs> Why does she sound like she's from Father Ted? All right, so. All right, so. Oh, the boys did grand. I was there at Nebworth, absolutely having it. <laughs> it does, it does go on a bit long again, doesn't it? <laughs> okay. It's a good song, and I think I, I think it goes could, quite. I don't could know, be made like... betterer by being shorterer. 
spoke of that sentence. Full no, stop. Don't change a syllable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. no, it's it's a good song for how. It is of adequate length, is it? It's not too many notes. Well, John, well, answer just... me this. How would you make it better? Mm. Uh, well, longer, longer, is it? <laughs> what is a better representation of a loving your old relationship than it dragging out for a minute too long? Ah. Intolerable. Uh, exactly. That how you, I think that's how you what describe your relationship true. with your dear old mum. <laughs> Dragging yeah. it out. <laughs> this isn't about their mum. This is about his girlfriend at the time. You've Talking moved on to Married of Children. No. This song, Slide Away, is about his girlfriend. I was talking about that other song where he has that anguish that we're talking about. Oh, it's right. About oh, oh, right. Slide Away about? Is he oh. having it? <laughs> is, he, is he having it, John? No, he's not. And that's why he's annoyed. Because oh. his girlfriends, they're rocky. He's probably she not won't let him have it. They're not having oh. much Slide Away. What is it that he's trying to have so consistently? Slippy slide away. Oh, dear. Well, now it's got to Audrey. <laughs> Sorry, can't help myself. You know my default. He's been drinking sparkling Shiraz, everyone. <laughs> he's going to go blue. Going <laughs> <laughs> to go blue, fuck lads. His agent warned us. You do... Sorry. You do want to get John before he's halfway through the sparkling Shiraz, because he will go blue. <laughs> Slip and slide away. Was it, it that Mitchell and Webb, the two, the two pints? Yeah, yeah. Pints and a half. <laughs> you can't go three pints. Well done. So, right, so now I'm quite disappointed. This isn't a song about my dear old mum. We were no, that's that what I'm saying. their dear old mum, nor is it having it. So what is it? <laughs> what is it about? You're saying this is one song where he finds some sort of emotional yes. like resonance in the song. Yeah. And this is about this song is about But and then there's a there's a song where they don't want their mum to blow up. Exactly right. right. Okay. From a different album. Okay. And go away. The album's not called Don't Go Away. The We're not going anywhere, John. We're not yeah, going anywhere. John, don't worry. We're, We're here, here to the bitter end, mate. Well, to the end of Married with Children. Yeah, 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 get the fuck out of here. <laughs> With extreme we're, we're getting out but, of Dodge. <laughs> Slide Away is a great song. It's, a great it's song. good. It's good. It could be better, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, if it was shorter. Yes. So, marry, married with children. Ah, marriage. Uh, I don't like it. What do you think? It's a, 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 a not, it sounds like an album closer, doesn't it? After all that wall of sound and guitar, then you've just got this lovely acoustic closing number. Lovely? Yeah, but all in it lovely? It's not lovely. It's like he hates his relationship. Yeah, I mean, lovely sounding in comparison to a lot That's of the other bits. Like, literally, my notes was, I was like, it's a really lovely song. But About pettiness of living with someone. Yeah. And and that's the fact is like he was playing music late one night, and she stormed in and was like, "Shut the fuck up! Your music's shite." So like she's not wrong. I'm on well, her. I'm I'm with her. I bet you she'd be like, you know what? I wish I didn't dump Noel Gallagher because his music was shite. Because I clearly really miss the mark yes. on that one. And he looks. Like Perhaps that. it was worth 
losing a few nights sleep. Maybe. And she went on to become Barbara Dixon. But <laughs> oh, she's oh. fine. Just, uh, remove from my music. Yes. Okay, good. You're nearly there, Adam. What do you have on Married with Children? Sorry, I was deleting definitely, maybe. Right. I I, I think it's awful. I don't really have a lot. It's it's the one that aggravates me the most after Digby does it best. (laughs) Digby do right. Yeah. After Digby Doodah, it's the one I like the least. I I would also on the same one. I, I agree. Yeah. It's you second. think it's the next worst to Diggleby Pegleby. <laughs> Apparently so, yes. So, so it's the second worst song of the nineties. I, I still like it. I like the song, but it's obviously not as good as the others. So what happens to their mum in this one? I don't know. She was did, probably complaining about the music and him having an argument with his missus. Did she, di- did she pass away from carbon monoxide poisoning in the flat? Ah, no. She's not worth it. Don't, That's don't lose your head about it. If she doesn't recognise how great you are. Um, I think the, the Oasis start to fail when they stop doing songs about having it. Yeah. When they're Is having that... it, it's great. When they try and extend their emotional range beyond it uh, and having their own. <laughs> and the having of the it. <laughs> I, I, I think we need to revisit for another album because you will change your mind on that. Well, yeah, re- revisit this album? No, no, no. I've already deleted it. We should revisit this podcast with another album. Hey, we revisit every that's fortnight. That's the premise. <laughs> we, we're going to be back here next time. You, you're well, welcome to come back. Oh, no, this was a one and done for you. You had your shot. And you have, fa- you have failed, sir, to convince us otherwise. Well, no, I'm going to say that you said you liked Slide Away, you liked To Live Forever, like you liked Supersonic, and you liked Cigarettes Alchemy. So, you pretty much liked half the album. Mm, right. Those numbers don't compute. I'm rounding up, you bellend. That's not so, rounding up. <laughs> when you said you despise, and may I say, listeners, when we were having a drink round a table... They're like, I can't stand a single Oasis song. Yeah, I yeah, quote, yeah, yeah. I, I quote, you said you can't stand a single Oasis song, and you've openly admitted on this cast that you actually quite like, or some are all right. I, so, quote, I quote you back, man can change, whoa, 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 whoa. grow. Yeah. I, I gave it, and I, I listened to it with an open mind, and I came away thinking, they are Britain's finest exponents of having it. Of Carlsberg. <laughs> But it's just, they, they can't do anything else. I'll just sum it up with, not for me. Yeah. I hope you all have, a, from the comfort of the private box at the top of the, the gig, everybody continue having it. My we'll warmest my warmest regards. Yes, let's get ahead of the crowd before they all come out. They look like they might hit us. They do, they're getting a bit lazy. Get out. get out quick. Yeah. Or uh, hang back because they'll probably drop some cigarettes so you can just mind sweep that shit. Well, <laughs> and on that bleak image. Sean, <laughs> thank you for bringing Oasis definitely maybe to the I'm party. sorry to hear that it's all gone wrong for you, John. You've been reduced to picking up dog ends. No, no. <laughs> I, I also had a lot of drugs at that gig, so nothing was below me. <laughs> So, 
John joining us from the depths of squalor. That <laughs> definitely made peace really good. Right. It was a lovely time. But if you were to if you were to have your way, John, you would keep it at the party forevermore to be played in our massive jukebox. Yeah, of course. I've I suspected much. Adam, would you like to keep it at the party? Uh, broadly, no. However, uh-huh. I would. There's, I'd keep three of them for our guest when he comes in. Says, "Yeah, the Oasis." Go, For ah, uh, yes, I have. I've got tolerate. "Live Forever," "Supersonic," and "Cigarettes and Alcohol." I hope you enjoy them. They will only be played once, and then we'll be moving on. You also have <laughs> T Rex, Chuck Berry, and Jamiroquai. <laughs> but it's all fine, apparently. So don't race worry about it. Wear it with everyone. We're going to have it, everyone, for about fifteen minutes because the songs are approximately five apiece. And uh, then we'll stop for lunch. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll do that because, yeah, I don't want the rest of this on the jukebox at the party. I'm not having, I am not having, You're not having an, it. an ode to lasagna on at the party. Um, what would you I say? The best? What you're getting for Christmas, my friend. What's your, your best and worst songs, gents? Uh, oh, I can't, picking my best. It's hard, dinner. isn't it? Pick, Dick Beast Dinner's worth. Oh, live forever. My favourite. I mean, those, those would be my exact picks as well. Uh, my picks would be uh, Live Forever's the best and Diggledy Dig 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 is the worst. Dig me down under, yep. Yep. The first time we've had a, a, completely, a complete consensus on best and worst. <laughs> it's true. Also, I thought I'd get much more angry. I thought it was much more civilised than I thought it was going to be. Luckily, that sparkling Shiraz seemed to calm me down. <laughs> it does. I really, it really, I really yeah. Those... Damped out the flames, didn't it, of your ire? <laughs> it's very un-Oasis-like of me. Alcohol soothes me. It doesn't build me up. I don't want to get in a scrap. No. Because you've, you, you have had it, John. I feel like I've let them down, though. You've, you've had enough. Yeah, you... You found it, add it for a bit, and then left it alone for others to have. Uh, I apologise, I snorted like a little little pig then, because I laughed. It's it's very much an audio endeavour, John, don't worry. No, I know. That's why I'm apologising, because I snorted like a wrong'un. Well... If you'd like to write in and complain about John snorting like a wrong'un, you can find us on Facebook of a Listening Party Pod. You can find us on Instagram for some reason, Listening Party Pod. We're on Twitter at Party Listen. You can email us at the party, listening party pod at gmail.com. And if you could like and subscribe us wherever you get the downloads for this podcast, we would gratefully receive them. Yeah, if you've got thoughts and feelings about Oasis, uh, why not keep them to yourself? If you think me and Adam need working on and that we should be uh, having it large, maybe we should. Maybe that's our problem. We have had it. We have had it, just not that much. Very mildly. So. Yeah. We, I mean, if we're having it, we'd genuinely like to be done by 7.30. Oh, my, yes. Well, we're not spinning the wheel this time, folks, because next time, as promised in the last episode, we will actually be covering Cockney Rebels Psychomodo. An altogether more satisfying album. <laughs> Which I've only discovered includes the song Mr. Soft. So, we. John is now swearing at us. John's it's all turned ugly. It's, and I, I, I feel we must leave our private box and get out the stadium. Yep. Before we're trounced upon by louts. <laughs>
John, I imagine you're going out now to have it. Uh, yeah, it's um, it is a Saturday night, so you've had your sparkling Shiraz. Now you're going to go out and look for a fight. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Yeah, I've, I've hit my mellow. In what I imagine is the sort of lovely housing complex that you live in. Oh yeah, it's only families, but I thought you know oh, some annoyed. One of them will be one of them will be you were chinning, won't they, John? <laughs> John, dear, dear John, thank you so much for coming to the party. Oh, John, that was an absolute treat. Um, I, I had a lovely time, and three hours has gone flying by. Flying by. We'll see how much was left in the edit. Until, yeah. until next time, everyone. Until next time, when we'll be back with Cockney Rebel. Bye for now, and be sure to have it large. You can have it larger. Do, do have it large. <laughs>